And we are back. This is Alexander Juan Antonio Cortez, and this is the Art of Health podcast. So something of a heavy topic to discuss, but a powerful topic, that topic being depression. I was asked on Twitter, uh, I believe it was yesterday actually, I was talking about how the modern environment can create a depressive environment and this leads to a depressive state for individuals. And someone asked me, how could you engineer depression in somebody? Or how could you how could you take a happy person and turn them depressed? Could you do that? And it was an interesting question, since we were very good at pointing out the things that contribute to depression, but how would you make somebody depressed? It was, so it was an interesting way to reframe the question. And I thought about this Briefly, and I realized it would be fairly simple. It would there'd be about eight steps involved, but it would be simple. How could you take a healthy person and make make them depressed? And before I go into this, understand that doing the antithesis of everything that I'm about to say that would essentially be the state of being for a happy person, or the state of environment for a hopefully happy, content, overall healthy individual. But to go through the thought experiment, let's pose that question. If you wanted to make someone experience depression and anxiety, since those two are fairly linked together, what would you do? So this is what I would do. This is what I would do. First thing for creating a state of depression, somebody and anxiety, I'd want to disrupt their sleep. So sleep is intricately tied to dopamine, serotonin, sex hormones, appetite, by disrupting sleep, I can essentially disrupt the entire cycle of the body. So circadian rhythm, to use the technical term, by disrupting your circadian rhythm, I disrupt your whole metabolism, I put you into, into a fatigue state, and you're far, far, far more likely to be depressed or become depressed or become anxious. I'm setting that up. So how would I do that? Well, I'd make them stay up late. So I'd take somebody, I'd have them stay up super late. I would never have them fall asleep at a reasonable hour. They'd be up many hours past sunset to disrupt, like I said, the night-day cycle. I'd have them alternate between insomnia and hypersomnia. So I'd tire them out, and then I'd have them oversleep to try to compensate. And I would essentially just disrupt their internal clock. I would try to make it very erratic. I would reset it to a chaotic pattern. And this is going to, like I said, it's going to increase cortisol levels, going to reduce serotonin, going to reduce dopamine, going to reduce testosterone, estrogen, progesterone. Uh, it's, gonna, it's going to worsen insulin sensitivity, so they're going to be more likely to get fat. It's going to increase ghrelin levels. They're going to be more hungry. I might decrease leptin. They're not going to feel like they're full. They're not going to recover as well from illness. They're going to have more systemic inflammation. Inflammation is very intricately tied to depression. And I'm, I'm setting them up for disaster. So that'd be step one. Just screw with the sleep. Uh, sleep cycle disruption, number two step, stimulants. So if I can get someone hooked on stimulants, now I can take their disrupted sleep cycle and I can make that a literal addiction. I can get them hooked on caffeine and you know whatever else is in you know monsters and rock stars. I can get them hooked on these various uh, caf- ca- various forms of caffeine, caffeine analogs. And now, not only are they underslept, overworked, or overfatigued, they're now dependent upon an external stimulant source for normal adrenal function. So now I'm messing with adrenaline response, so that's skewed. Um, now at the same time, too, I'm making them more sensitized. I'm sensitizing them to increases in 
blood pressure to irregular heartbeats to arrhythmia. And that's going to increase and accelerate the depressive anxiety state. Uh, at the same time, they're going to become dependent upon the caffeine for probably their serotonin response. So I'm setting up an environment for serotonin deficiency, and then I'm creating a serotonin addiction of sorts where the only way they can feel good at all is to have caffeine. So now I've got them depressed and anxious about feeling depressed and anxious if they don't get their caffeine fix. Along with this, I can make sure that they have a lot of sugar intake with their caffeine fix because I can have them sugar up the coffee. I can have them get the you know, the energy drinks, Monsters, Rockstars, Amps, whatever, where they got a lot of uh, you know, high fructose corn syrup in them. So now they're getting a hyperglycemic hit. They're getting increased insulin levels. They're getting hooked on the sugar, so to speak, since sugar is, to a degree, addictive. And now I got them addicted to the sugar, addicted to the caffeine, and they have a general state of operation where they have to have that caffeine to even feel remotely normal at all. And should they go without it for any period of time, what happens? Moodiness, anxiety, depression. They lack focus, they lack energy. So they're dependent upon an external source for normal cognitive function. That's step two. So we got sleep, we got caffeine stimulants. Step three, we got a high sugar, high carbohydrate diet and low protein diet, I should add. So what's that gonna do? Well, now I can start screwing with digestion. How is digestion linked to depression? Well, you have a second brain of sorts in your stomach, the enteric nervous system, and by messing with the signaling from your gut to your brain, I can mess with the serotonin release and the mood of your present cognitive state. What does that mean? Basically, by screwing with your gut health, I can make you depressed because however your gut feels, that's how you tend to feel mentally. And that might seem tenuous, and is that really science? Yeah, it is. It's been very well established that people that are depressed and have moderate to severe depression, they have very unhealthy gut biomes. It was a big breakthrough of sorts last 10 years with studying depression. But having an unhealthy gut, having systemic inflammation, having bad digestion, if nothing else, very, very linked to mood. And you know this probably already inherently because you know there's certain foods where if you eat them, they make your stomach upset, they give you diarrhea, they give you an upset stomach. You don't want to eat those things. They don't make you feel good. And that's not a subjective standard. It's not just it's not all in your head. That is your body signaling to you that this food is disruptive to my metabolism. So high sugar, high carbohydrate, high, high sugar, high carbohydrate diet, low protein diet. So what's that going to do? Well, the high sugar environment in the body is already associated with increased inflammation levels. So again, we're contributing to you hurting, being achy, in pain, and just immune system taking a big hit. Uh, you're more likely to get sick. You're going to be hyperglycemic, hypoglycemic. So your energy levels are going to be erratic. You got elevated insulin response now, so that's just, again going to make you feel that much worse. Uh, maybe we can cause some fatty liver, you know, maybe not disease, but fatty liver buildup. So now your liver's not working quite right. High sugar diet reduces sex hormones as well, so now you're going to have testosterone drop. That's never good. Oh, it's also addictive, so you now you have the sugar addiction where you need that for your dopamine. And along with the caffeine and the sugar, well, now you got the serotonin and dopamine addiction together. And then on top of this off, I can keep your protein intake low. So now you're going to be amino acid deficient, probably nutrient deficient across the board, eh, lack of zinc, magnesium, uh, B vitamins, vitamin D, uh, even vitamin A maybe, vitamin C could be deficient. Since, you know, let's say you're eating all processed foods and the only vitamins you're getting are fortified and those don't absorb the same as the vitamins found in whole foods. So you have screwed up gut health, you've got a sugar addiction, you've got a caffeine addiction, you've got indigestion, 
you've got systemic inflammation and you've got erratic energy because you eat like crap. And then at the same time to amplify all of this, you're hooked on eating these foods because otherwise you feel terrible and you get moody, hangry, depressed, etc. So that, where is this at step? We're at step three so far. So I've only done three things to you, and already I've worsened your health to a significant degree. How else can I make things worse to make you depressed? Well, I can restrict your movement. So I can have you sit a lot, and I can have you be, let's just say, I can enforce you being lethargic. I can put you at a desk. I can have you lie around. You're already not sleeping enough, so you're already going to be prone to a lack of movement. That's going to decrease your metabolic rate, so that's going to go down. You're going to be more likely to gain body fat. Uh, movement and a lack of exercise, again, are powerfully correlated to increased levels of anxiety and depression. How does exercise you know, help the body? Well, it reduces inflammation, it increases uh, dopamine response, it increases serotonin release, uh, improves sex hormones. So if you, I don't have to exercise at all, basically. Exercise is good for you. If I have you do zero exercise and zero activity, your body's going to start to quite literally decay in a way. And Again, we're going to set up the internal environment for depression and anxiety. We're setting you up for a chemical imbalance. Along with lack of exercise, we also create a low oxygen environment, so that's going to further reduce your immune system. So you're more likely to get sick, and I'm also setting you up for an increased incident of basically every form of cancer in existence because if you go along with the metabolic theory of cancer, having a low oxygen environment in the body and having a high sugar environment in the body is the perfect environment for cancers and tumors. So... You're depressed and you're more likely to die, essentially, from a mitochondrial dysfunction tumor aberration. That's step four so far. So we're halfway through these things. So again, there's still more ways to screw you up. Next way to make you depressed, number five, I can make sure you never see the sun. So your circadian rhythm now is non-existent. You don't even know when you're supposed to fall asleep or wake up. You're going to have insomnia, hypersomnia, and you're going to feel like a zombie probably all the time. Sunlight's a powerful mood booster for, again, the reasons evolutionary, evolutionary speak, evolutionarily speaking, we evolved to rise and go sleep with the sun. Our metabolism depends on that solar signaling. Without that, you become vitamin D deficient, and then everything goes to hell because vitamin D contributes to, uh, let's see, bone health, mood, cognitive focus, sex hormones, uh, muscular contraction, normal cardiovascular function. So being vitamin D deficient, this further puts you into the health hellhole. That's step five. We still got ways to go, people. Number six, simple one, don't drink water. So let's assume that all of your fluids come from Starbucks and Monster, and maybe you have like some bullshit tea, energy drink, uh, Gatorade, whatever the hell, with sugar in it. What does keeping dehydrated do? Pretty simple. Just, it makes you more likely to feel lousy. You're going to get headaches. You're going to have bad skin. You're going to have body pains. You're going to be low energy. You're going to have bad breath. It's also going to contribute to worsening digestion, which you already have. So you should be feeling pretty god-awful at this point. But to make it worse, since we're not done yet, blue light exposure. So how can I really lock you into all these addictive, destructive habits? Well, I can put you on your computer and your phone 24-7. What is that going to do? Well, if you weren't sleeping, if you were sleeping before, you're not going to sleep now. So by multitasking your attention, I can now create a not only a caffeine, serotonin, dopamine addiction and a sugar dopamine addiction, but a blue light addiction. So now you need the blue light to even remotely prompt your brain to focus at all. 
and that's going to cause further cognitive decline because now having the phone constantly present or the laptop constantly present, that detracts from your mental focus, and now you can't think straight. And adding up all the other effects we've just had, a lack of focus and a lack of mental energy, more likely to be depressed. There's a reason that people who are, people, the general symptoms of depression, there's a general lack of inability to focus and just your mind feels dead. You can't do anything. The phone is not helping. Your smartphone, your iPhone, your Android, not helping the situation. So to top all this off, what's the last thing I could do to you? Or um, the penultimate, actually. Almost last thing. I can make you fat. So all the above you've made through the seven steps so far, I've set the perfect environment for you to get overweight. And basically skinny fat. You're going to have no muscle mass. You're going to have way too high body fat. Your blood work is going to be this absolutely, like I said, god-awful, made in hell. And with being fat and with having increased body fat, you're going to have further inflammation, and that inflammatory state's further going to bother your brain, and you're further more likely to be depressed, and you're more likely to actually experience almost every kind of disease, because along with the metabolic theory of cancer, there's also the inflammatory theory of disease, which more or less says that the majority of modern diseases, and the majority of diseases in general, start with increased inflammation in the body. Almost all diseases have that in common. The body's highly inflamed. And being fat is a great way to do that. So you are tired, anxious, in pain, aching. You feel sick probably all the time. Uh, you'll have no sex drive. You'll be highly irritable. You're malnourished. You haven't slept normally in you know, however long. Let's say I do this to you for eight weeks, six months, six years, your whole life for some of you. And does it surprise you that your health is bloody awful from all this? Does that surprise you? Is this a shocking situation? Hopefully not. Hopefully not. But there's one more thing I can do to make it worse. I can tell you that you have a chemical imbalance. And I can tell you that it can't be helped. And it's just hereditary. and just your brain doing things. And oh well. And I can put you on a serotonin inhibitor or serotonin reuptake inhibitor, and then now you're addicted to a psychiatric drug, you think you can't help yourself, you go to therapy, maybe, and you have no sensibility at all that any of your biofeedback, which at this point is probably literally screaming at you to change things, you have no sensibility and a complete disconnect that your physical health is in any way linked to your mental health. I've told you that they're not, and I told you that you can't help it. You can't help it. You're just, you're in balance. You can't help it. So now you're really, really, really fucked. That's the modern environment for you. I basically just described Western society for probably about 80% of people. Is it surprising then that people are more depressed and more anxious and anxiety and depression have exponentially increased in diagnosis in the last four years? Does that actually surprise anybody? Hopefully not in light of everything I just said. It should be pretty obvious why people are physically mentally ill. And if I want to make it even worse beyond that, I can add in a general sense of helplessness, that your life has no meaning, that you are, and I can make you addicted to an outrage cycle of news, and I can tell you that the world's ending all the time, and that what's to be done about it, and there's no way to help it, and is it even worth continuing, and I can make you feel apathetic and hopeless. And then you're really, really, really going to feel bad about yourself. So that's the modern world. That is modern current 21st century society in a cohesive rundown. So the truth is out there, people. Like I said this before, I wrote this out. The truth is out there. All of these things I just mentioned, every single thing, this is within your domain of control. 
These are not things where you can't help it, where you can't do anything about it. You can do something about everything I just said. You have control over your environment. I'm not, I'm not talking about mindset. I'm not talking about changing your thoughts and feelings. I'm talking about your literal physical stimuluses that you subject yourself to on a day-to-day basis. They can be pro-health or they can be against health. You can do good things for your body. You can do bad things for your body. That's a simple concept to understand. You have control over all of this. So what are you going to do with it? That is my question challenge for you. What are you going to do about it? I'll leave this podcast there. Until next time, take action on yourself. Don't hesitate. Live life you want. Adios, people. Until we talk again.